The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock, and it's time for this. Winners and sinners on the hard shoulder. That's right, Keith Walters with me, the writer, uh, broadcaster and podcaster, Alison Curtis, presenter of Weekend Breakfast on Today FM as well, uh, to pick our winners and sinners uh, from the past week. Alison, we might start with you. Who's your winner of the week? Okay, Mar- Mar- Miriam is what we can say. Okay, try and pronounce her surname. Margolis. 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 Isn't that terrible? I, I only know because Claire, producer Claire, told me how to Margulies. pronounce it. I have a stumble every time. But she's my winner this week. She's a lot of people's winners. Like, she's obviously been around for a very long time. She's 82. She's brilliant. She's just published a second tell-all memoir. And it's called Oh, oh Miriam because she's like, that's how most people react. <laughs> I think she says. Oh, Miriam. Oh, Miriam. But she was recently, last Friday, on Graham Norton's show, and she was talking about how she used to just be a stickler for grammar, and she wasn't on board with people changing their pronouns, so them. And she's like, it doesn't sound right, it doesn't sound right. But then she met uh, Zoe Tarakis, who is actually the first trans actress to work in a Marvel movie series, so it's quite big. And they talked, and she was like, look, Zoe was saying, Miriam, just call people what they want to be called. It makes them happy. And the way she articulated it was really good. All right, we actually have a clip. Let's take a listen. I was very keen on grammar. And so when people started talking about pronouns and that they wanted them and not he, she, I thought, what the fuck are they talking about? It's clear, it's grammar, it's the structure of language. But I met a wonderful actress in Australia, Zoe Tarakis, do you know? I mean, she's a brilliant actress. And she's trans, Mm -hmm. and I... She had a discussion with me about it, and she said, what does it matter to you if you can make somebody happy by calling them they instead of he or she? Why not do it? And I thought, that's right. It doesn't matter about grammar. (laughs) If you can make someone happy and give them a sense of themselves, then do it. So that was her at Graham Norton. It was Hard brilliant. to argue with the logic. Now. But see, that's the thing. Like, so she distilled it into the most basic approach. So what does it matter to me what somebody wants to be called? And does it matter to you? Does it matter to you? Just do it. And the more people... But Alison, it, it, it undermines your... Uh, your <laughs> the structure of your society. structure of society. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, you don't... Uh, she's 82. These women who don't know what, uh, what being a woman means. <laughs> let, let us lecture to Alison here. Let us educate Alison. I just think... Look, she's already been a progressive person for a long time. But I just think she put it in the best, simplest way. She put it in a way that kids understand, which they already do. Like, they don't know to be against friends. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, my daughter has two children in her class now that want to be referred to as non-binary they. And she's they just get it. And if I make a mistake, they're like, what's so hard about this? Just, you know, do it. So if Miriam can do it, we can all do it. So were you, though, initially someone who, uh, the the as a, rather than the kind of someone saying, right, I was he, him, now it's she, her, the they thing. The day thing is the, is often the pushback from some people, as in I don't. No, I as in it's the grammar. I guess it's the grammar. Yeah, argument. no, people I, say, I wanted to. I don't want to sound super Canadian, but I just wanted to accept yeah. it from day one because when I was much younger, we did have somebody in our circle of friends, so it's kind of been around in my life yes. for a long time. So I just wanted to. For years, I've just been calling everybody "Hey," because <laughs> I, I can't remember names. Horsebox. That's yeah, it. yeah. Hey, how are you, Horsebox? Is anyone yeah. offended? <laughs> yes, lots of people probably <laughs> yeah. that I can't remember their name. His wife, his kids. <laughs> 
Yeah, oh yeah, Horsebox. Um, <laughs> how did school go? Yes, I do, Horsebox. Uh, our wedding day. <laughs> hey, I do. Uh, whatever, whatever your name is. Um, but you see, it's the, um, oh, where does it stop? Where do you stop then, oh, Brigade? Yeah. Do you know the where do you stop, Brigade? Which is yeah. like the, uh, the it's just the, oh, it'll all end in tears. It'll all end in some student wants to be identified as a cat in a phone box. Yeah. Oh, yeah, did you hear about the cat, the, the child that wants to be a cat and all that kind of stuff that it turned out to be made up, you know, but that yeah. was a, a big thing for a long time. Uh, but yeah, it's the, where will it all end? Uh, people get so hot, het up about where will it all end? They get upset about other people's lives. Yeah. Like as mm. long as it's adults, consensual, whatever it is, it's none of our business. Like that's what I find so weird. What, what is, yeah. what, what's, the, where's, what's the take on women's safe spaces then? Well, yeah, is it in, are you into... Trickier territory there. Yeah, but because they see they, they they come up with these scenarios that like lots of and they of bad... also use very bad examples where they'll say if somebody has done something in a prison setting, yeah. they'll go to town on that one. It's like, but there are lots of other environments where that yeah. has not happened. Yeah, and can I show you like lots of terrible things that happen that yeah. you're not talking about that actually are you know that where there's just men in the space or just women in the space. Yeah. So it's like they find these things and go, oh, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, but it's the what aboutery and the mm. where will it all end? I was talking to somebody recently about um, Britain giving back some of the, the jewels, you know, that some of the things that they they may have taken from other countries down. To <laughs> there wouldn't be much left in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> But they, you know, so they're all in the museum. So they just tip the British Museum like on its side, and empty it. <laughs> so like, and, and and that was literally there. I was like, Let's just give it back. If someone comes looking for something, just go, yeah, thanks. I'm sorry, you know, and yeah. give it back. No big deal. Oh, but where will it, where will it where all end? Where will it all end? Well, probably around the time where like you've got all the stuff that you found on your own land. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's all these things that people mm. worry about, and they have like, say, with the trans community, they just imagine there's this big mass of people who... That are a threat. That are a threat. And literally, it's just individuals that you might meet. And mostly, you're kind of going, well, how many people Mm. have you met in your life so far that have asked you to call them something different? Exactly. And it might be one or two, so... Just do it. Yeah, well done, As Miriam said. And also just do it if you haven't watched the Lady Gregory documentary with her and Lynn Ruan. And it's brilliant because Lynn's trying to teach Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Is it good? She's trying to teach her Dublinese. And actually, they filmed a bit in my area and I met them when they were filming because I stalked them. And her her Dublinese is way better than mine and I've been living here forever. And Miriam could do it. She's really good. She's a great actress. But where will it all end, Alison? (laughs) Gender neutral toilets, Keith. That's where it'll all end. The horror of gender neutral toilets. There's one in the lighthouse. Sorry, sorry. There's one in every building on the planet. Every wheelchair accessible toilet on in the world is a what? gender neutral toilet. You use that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love the privacy. Yes. We all love, love the, the privacy. We the all space. love the privacy the and the space. And there's a shower in the you corner. The, you pull the thing in. Oh. Someone though that you know got locked in one not that long ago. Well, what? A while ago. Yeah. So since then I've been like on on the weekends if nobody's around, I'm like I'm not using that. I'll get stuck. Oh, you got stuck. Oh, no. Yeah. So the shame of getting locked in and the shame of using the wheelchair toilet, <laughs> Alison. Oh, the double shame. Double whammy. The double, double shame. Uh, anyway, so Miriam, are you going to try it again? Margolis. 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 Yeah, Miriam Margolis <laughs> is Alison's winner of the week. Keith, your winner of the week. Um, well, some good news for a change, guys. Uh, a team of surgeons in New York have announced they performed the world's first transplant of an entire eye. Mm. Tell me more about this. Isn't that cool? Uh, it is amazing. So, uh, the procedure wildly, wildly, 
or just widely, hailed as a medical breakthrough, although it's not yet known whether the recipient will actually regain his sight. I think I'd be happy with just the aesthetic of having an eye. Mm. And I kind of like the the sight would be a cherry on the top, wouldn't it? Well, that's the whole thing. You can have those false eyes anyway. So the whole point is this one's going to work. Yeah, but they're like, you can go, ding, ding, ding. They're the glass eyes, aren't they? I don't know real. I don't want a proper fleshy eye. Are they not made of glass? I've seen guys pop them out. Oh, that is some party piece, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's great, yeah. You know when someone gets What's to the What's the bottom? best party... Sorry, this is a tangent. The best party piece you've seen? Well, I have a friend of mine who had some false teeth and sometimes if you left to go to the toilet and came back and finished your pint, they might be at the bottom. Oh, Ew. that's not a good part. That's an awful prank. That's a party piece. That's a prank. <laughs> that's Addison, mean. best party piece you've My seen? My party piece is when I tell people I've never watched the Titanic and their face is for me a party piece. Oh, I've never seen that. No. Oh my God. Would you literally stand up at a party and do that? Go, guys, here's my party piece. I've never seen the Titanic. <laughs> the, the top of the double deck. I knew a lad in college who used to snort a condom up his nose and pull it out of his mouth. Ugh. And he used to like, he'd do a floss thing with it. Like he'd hold the end of it Just up his nostril <laughs> and then he'd like, he'd like hawk it from the back of his throat out of his Ugh. mouth. And then he'd do this kind of floss thing where he'd like People be flossing his, pasta. he'd be flying, flossing his sinus. And, and he'd have to, every time there was a party, he'd have to do that. Yeah, yeah of course he yeah. would. Like, once he did it once, he yeah, had to do it every, every yeah. single time. We, we had a thing where we could blow a condom or around your nose. Like we yeah. doing, it's not like we were doing anything else with them. <laughs> yeah. so you blow them up over your head until they burst. Uh. Yeah. So it was like a Marge Simpson head, if you can imagine. claustrophobic with that. Well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> we were young. We didn't yeah, care about anything, we had the internet. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is what people younger. This is what we did before phones. Comments <laughs> <laughs> responsibly. How did we find out that was a thing that you could do? Well, like, you know. Well, sorry. Whatever about blowing it up with your nose. How did the guy find out he could snort it up his nose and hock it out his mouth? I mean, I don't know. What was he doing, and who was he doing it with oh, when that when that when they worked that own, one out? Actually, well. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the groundbreaking surgery involved removing a part of the face and the whole left eye of a donor and grafting them onto oh. the uh, the guy's, um, his face and into, into his eye. So you like, get a bit of the, I suppose, a bit of the socket and then the whole thing goes in. That's amazing. Um, so it, I think that's pretty amazing. It's good news. Can I be honest? Yeah. I kind of thought eye surgeries were being done already. I thought they, you thought they were already... I thought they were doing eye surgeries all the time. Well, I was they are, sorry. just not transplants. I was, su- I was surprised and I was like, yeah. Well, no, but you can donate your eyes, can't you? Yeah, you know, on the, on the far- how I know yes. that is because my dad on his like uh, organ donor card would never take the eyes because he has just a phobia thing about like, yeah. you know, like, Someone like taking your birds eyes. coming have in and pecking liver, your eyeballs out. Have the heart. Yeah, the eyes. he always did a thing about well, that. Well, well, then if you're up there as well, how do you see where you're going? You know? <laughs> <It'd be laughs> flying all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't know if you're in heaven or hell. That's that's my problem. It's very but no, that's a good question, Keith. We're going to have to put that out to the audience. Um, so, so what, what are I they doing with all the eyeballs that have been donated? This is fake news. This yeah, is they're, they're just bra- they're actually. bragging about stuff that's already happening. You mean? So what have the surgeons been doing? I think. All right. This is deep dive on it's this. It's not news. All right. All right. After that, on the on that bombshell, uh, Keith and Adson are going to stay with me. We'll get the news headlines. Here's Bernie. Bernie, thank you very much. Keith Walsh and Alison Curtis are both still with me. Uh, Keith, who's your sinner of the week? Well, I mean, I don't want to bring the mood of the nation down because obviously we're all, you know, on a bit of a buzz now on a Friday, you know, getting ready for the weekend and all that kind of stuff and thinking good thoughts for the future. Um, But potato farmers are facing crop losses as harvest hit by waterlogged fields. It's a headline I read today. And you know what that means? 1847, all over again. The blight. That is scary. It is scary. The environment is scary. The environment is scary. So the blight is back, folks. Now, I don't want to 
I don't really want to get into the whole famine thing, you know, Black 47 and, uh, you know, those bad days. And it's probably, you know, they do say the time and whatever, <laughs> you know, Time's a great time healer. plus something. But I don't, I don't think we've had enough time since 1947 to go there right now. 1847. 18. Oh, yes, I was thinking something completely different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was when my dad lost his crop in 1947. So, um, yes, I'm not... Uh, Indian independence was in 1947, wasn't it? Indian independence, nineteen forty-seven, and let's not talk about 46. Israel. But anyway, so um, so the so the blight, yes, that yes, could, we're back look, on it. We know that that didn't, you know, cause the famine. Oh let's yeah, let's not say shh, shh, yeah, oh, yeah. We've oh. already talked about them. Let's always not, at it. Let, always, always at, at it. it. Never not at it. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but the thing that I'm worried about okay. is a crisp shortage. Yeah. Oh. Because if we have to start importing... Alison is very quick there. To, I, I to love Chris. If we have to start importing Chris from those people... Oh, it won't be good. It, is there going to be a crisp famine? A crisp famine. Now, there's going to be food, but if there's a crisp famine, how will that affect us psychologically? Cheese mm, and onion or salt and vinegar? Well, I used Would to you? always be the vinegary, salty person. Yeah. Lately, I'm more of a cheese and onion man. Oh, yeah. And I've been... I, this is really bad... But nearly every day I make a crisp sandwich with white bread. So every day? That's, that is kind of bad. But, the last but two they're weeks. delicious. Oh, well, you're just going through a phase then. A friend oh, of mine, you. we were on an Aer Lingus flight and she had never had one and she saw me preparing. They, they actually handed out the, you know, you could they prepare give you the one. Yeah. And she's like, what? Her face was like, what is happening here? And I'm like, a slice of heaven's about to happen here. <laughs> and, made it for her. and she was like, this is insane. It's so good. Yeah, because I don't think it's a thing outside. Is it a thing outside? And did, she re- did she really enjoy it? Yeah, but her face when I started making the sandwich was like, what are you doing? But she loved it. Okay, so here's something for you. Okay. So there's crisp sandwiches. There's the, the taste or the king, whichever you prefer. Mm. I'm a pub king crisp man myself. Oh, yeah, because they're different. They're slightly different. My uncle used to claim they were Protestant crisps. crisps. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? They're just super organized oh, and bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But here's here's got a good work ethic. I'm going to put uh, this. And they don't believe that faith alone is enough for salvation. <laughs> and they don't believe in crisp sandwiches. That's for uh, your yeah. young man. Uh, wheelies. wheelies, you know wheelies. What yeah, wheelies. Yeah, yeah. Crunchy baked crisp. Yeah, they're oh, kind of a bacony, bacony flavor. Kind of a, yeah, wheelie sandwiches. Do you know they're actually vegetarian, even though they taste like bacon? Well, because they don't put any bacon in them. They don't put any how, meat in them. Yeah. How do they get the bacon flavor? I don't know, but it, there's no. It is actually pigs coughing it. Yeah. <laughs> just rub it off the yeah, rub it on crisp. the rub it crisp. so wheelie sandwiches mm. experiment mm. with your crisp in your sandwich that's what I'm saying I'm before, now. before the crisp uh, that sounds wheelie good before the crisp <laughs> famine sorry sorry had to be done <laughs> I'm a sinner of the week Alison <laughs> who's your nominee this woman called Jana Hockey and she is a journalist in the New York Post now, the jumping off point, this is a double center. Oh. So the jumping off point of this is that Joe Rogan was talking about um, how, uh, talking about men's behavior. You can imagine what he has to say is mm-hmm. not good. So this woman, Jana, was saying a new dating trend should be that, and it's very heterocentric. I'm just going to say that now. It's between men and women. That women should wait to have their sleepovers with their gentlemen, people that are coming into their lives. Okay. Until they've spent $2,000 on them, which according to uh, XE Today God, is 1872. So 1,872 euros So yeah, so, but her thinking when she kind of broke it down, I was like, this is dated and disgusting and gross in all levels. Yeah. But she broke it down. She was like, to spend $2,000 dollars on someone, 1,800 euro, is you would have to require spending a lot of time together. So mm-hmm. there's kind of a benefit for that. So you're going out, you're doing different cultural experiences, 
things together before your sleepovers. So you're getting to know people a bit better. Mm. So there is a little bit, I mean, I'm not agreeing with it at all. It's very dated. It's also assuming that women don't contribute financially to dates, which obviously they mm. do. But the only thing I thought was like, oh yeah, when Jenna broke it down, it's like, you would be spending a lot of time. And when you spend that much time with someone, you do go, I don't actually like you or I do like you. Yeah. But so maybe if she framed it, if maybe she was like, you know, you need to do 10 to 15 Outings, whether whether they're just going to the cinema or just having yeah. dinner fifteen times or whatever. Yes. Whereas I think by putting a value on it, and it does have the slight. But it's um, also putting the whiff onus. of uh, the oldest profession in the world about it, doesn't yeah, because it? Because when you say well, like, you but know, it also puts the onus back on on the woman. Yes, so I'm setting up this scenario so to make it work. You know, so it also not. it also um, it. Uh, it creates an expectation then. Yeah. Once you get to that 2000 mark, it's like, sorry, I've just spent, I've spent the two grand. Yeah, I've spent two yeah. grand, yeah. So well, not, now... It's just so dated and weird. Go. So she's my yeah. sinner. Mm. It's expensive sleepover though. I mean, I liked sleepovers, but I was always tired the next day. Do you know what I mean? You know the yeah. way there'd be always one lad who wouldn't sleep and you'd be like, and he'd try to keep everyone awake with that stupid laugh and then he'd find some weird sentence and keep saying that over and over again. <laughs> do, 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 and then do, someone would want to watch The Simpsons at five o'clock. You know, I just, uh, it's two grand. Is it still, do kids still do sleepover? Like, like it's still a, is it a big thing? Um, not sorry, sleepovers are because my kids, they can't see a friend without saying, can yeah. I stay in their house yeah, tonight yeah. or can yeah. they stay in my house? But the slumber party, yeah. is that still a thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah. I call them awakeovers because they don't sleep. Awakeovers, oh, okay. <laughs> Very good, yes. And, and it always has to happen on a Friday and Saturday night, which doesn't suit me, but anyway. And the thing is, they don't sleep, so you're left with like shells of people the next the day, day to try and sort of like cajole through the They're day. Great. They don't want to do anything. They hate yeah. everything. They haven't had enough sleep. They won't go to bed and have a nap because they, they might because they've got FOMO. Kids just yes. have constant FOMO, mm. and then they're overtired then at night. So you know, it's, it's kind of a disaster it's, actually. It's, yeah, it's not. It's win for the. It's not. Nobody wins. Nobody. Wins. Nobody wins with a sleep. Nobody wins. Slumber party. All right. Well, um, I'm not sure if we started with uh, slumber parties, but anyway. Maybe we'll include them in our Sinners of the Week as well. It's not where Alison started. But anyway, um, we will be back in just a moment. Keith and Alison are going to stay with me with uh, the last bit of the show. You're welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until 7 o'clock. And you know what time it is. It's the last bit of the show. Ignition sequence start. This is the last bit of the show. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Yes, Alison Curtis and Keith Walsh are still with me. Alison, what is on the show this weekend? A woman called Natasha Rocha, Rocha sorry, is on, I can't say people's names today, The Salvage Squad. So she's going to be on talking about that show, which is obviously on TVs now, but just about home ownership and all that kind of business. So it'll be good. Scary. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not quite as scary as the crisp famine that we're all facing. Oh, don't mention <laughs> no, we've just got over it. <laughs> uh, Keith, you're a goalie, is that right? I am a goalie. Or an honorary yeah. goalie or an actual goalie? Well, I'm just working with them at the moment. Okay. So uh, the charity, the Irish charity goal, we're just working with them. So they have this um, sort of, I suppose, um, division called Goal Next Gen. And the idea is they're trying to sort of remodel the idea of you know, a charity helping people in other countries rather than just going over and arriving as some kind of saviour to, you know, to, to help them is to find younger people within communities around the world and the countries they work in and support them. So young activists who who are already doing things in the community, who are already getting involved, who are already doing That's the really things. Clever. Um, and they they create this network. So if you're a young person living in Ethiopia, maybe you're in Addis Ababa, and then you've got somebody in Bogota or somewhere in uh, Colombia, these are the countries they work in. And they they bring these people together and they can share 
uh, you know, ways of working, knowledge, insights into how they're helping their community. Um, and the idea is to build that from kind of the ground up. So that will be the the new model of, of So instead of the, the kind of the old-fashioned goalie parachuting in from abroad, yeah. it's from it's, within. You're, you're, you're just supporting the people that are there already. And also because obviously they know what they need better than anybody just coming in and going, you know what you should do? Mm. Uh, because they you know they've grown up in it and that's that's their their culture so um yeah so so we've we decided to uh create this collaborative piece of art which there's a there's a, a visual piece of art as well uh, and then there's a song that we that has been written by um there's a guy from Ethiopia involved there's two lads from uh, a band called Scott uh in Ireland there's uh, Selavita Mayo I mentioned before yeah. and she's uh, of Ivorian descent and she's grew up in Galway so her songs are like you know a bit of Irish a bit of uh, African influence and a bit of so we have all of that into the mixing bowl and then we have a producer Do you want to give us a few bars of the song? Or? Yeah I can, I can sing it now Go for it <laughs> uh, And then we have a, That's a sinner <laughs> We have a Colombian uh, producer and we've just created this uh, amazing song that will be available uh, to listen to from Tuesday um, and it's not for there's no money it's literally we decided to create a song that is about good vibes um, to sort of reach the younger mm. people and it's kind of poppy, it's kind of, you know, it's fun, it's mm. dancey and uh, yeah, that'll be out on Tuesday. Did you ever do those um, like trips abroad with an NGO like that to kind of build houses or something? Well, I didn't, I went to um, Malawi and I went to Nairobi and uh, I went to Palestine as well. So, and it was more sort of like um, you would go there and film and talk about okay, what yeah. you saw. There was no... Um, Thankfully, there's no physical labour, but it, you know, it's just sort of, sort of just to see the work that's yeah. going on and what's yeah. happening and what these people are, are need and and how they're being helped and um and I just found it very interesting. Yeah, I mean, like I, I just think uh, um it, we've we've sort of like we there was so much damage done by going in and trying to mm. civilize people uh, that you know there's so much you know yeah. that we have to understand. But it's funny, it's interesting because there has there is been more recent like a pushback against the kind of the yeah. the great the, white the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah the great white saviour thing hasn't there absolutely yeah, yeah. I think yeah. rightly so yeah, yeah. But that sounds really clever though that sounds really really good yeah I think it, I mean I think it's uh, it's just a sh- I mean it's just it's it works really well, you know, there's yeah. the different sounds because there's a bit of Irish folk, there's a bit of uh, Caribbean, Colombian uh, rhythms and... and, and but it's just uh, having respect know. for other places in the world and not assuming that they need our input, so to speak, to put yeah. it really simply. Well, we did all the time. <laughs> We're the reason the, the, the bad stuff's happened. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and we kind of need to try Well, in Canada, it's, it's certainly the same thing as in Australia. It's all about the government's making huge strides and trying to undo everything that they've done with First Nations or Aboriginal communities yeah. across the country, so... There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But where will it end? Where, where will it end? Will it end? Where, well, Next well, thing we'll be giving back the crown jewels. <laughs> oh, God <laughs> almighty. Where will it end? Um, Alison, I understand you want a bit of therapy then before we wrap things up. I know, I do. So okay. I a, Talk to us. Lie down and talk that? to us about your dream. It better, you it better it be about the Irish band therapy. Yeah, no, <laughs> Um I put up a post. What is that what you call it on X? I post on X, yeah. Anybody having the most insane dreams this week or is it just me? And it got quite a reaction. Yeah. So I was with Liam Gallagher and Elton John at a party. Oh. I think this was Tuesday night. Yeah. And Liam got appendicitis. We and we had to sort it out. Ooh. And then in the same dream, I jumped into a car with my friend and her 12-year-old son was driving us all around Dublin City perfectly as a 12-year-old. So I'm like, this is insane. And then... 
I said to my husband, I was like, my dreams have been nutty. He's like, I just dreamt last night we just left our house. Like, we left the keys in the letterbox and walked off and started a new life. And I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> and then loads of people got in touch saying it wasn't like the normal, like, teeth falling out or anyone. Someone was saying that they were a chess champion and, like, they'd never played chess in their life. And Ashley Larkin got in touch and she was like, I'm dreaming about all the people I went to school with all of a sudden. And a good few people said that as well. So I don't know why. Like, mm. I don't know if I believe in moon or waves or tidal pulls or whatever, but a lot of people are having nutty dreams. You just not the normal thing like your teeth falling out that's a common dream mm. is it yeah, yeah. Like everyone's nodding at me oh, I've yeah. never had a dream yeah. where my teeth fall out what? well you haven't lost anyone important in your life then Karen. yeah oh but wow it in our fear. face so is that what it is well it's a fear of losing somebody and it's also a fear of getting older so yeah so we value the loved ones in our lives about the same as we value our teeth <laughs> uh, but, but also it can be loss of control you know so yeah. you know something it's happen- really vi- like when, it, when you have a dream like that you do wake up going Oh, it's horrible. You still have the sensation of it. Or uh, my recurring dream is walking down the street or going somewhere and just not having anything on under my... Having a shirt on (laughs) and nothing else. Oh, like Donald Duck. (laughs) Yeah. And and, like just being totally mortified but still having to do it. It's better to be totally naked, isn't it? I think There's something kind of extra... ignominious about having your, your top, top half dress isn't there that's horrible you know you know, even sometimes when you get dressed I would never even be that way ever <laughs> no you wouldn't even on your own I'd always so put on underpants you're laughing it's, he's right even if you're it getting worse for men when you're getting dressed or undressed you always have to make sure that your <laughs> bottom half is the first bit to get dressed or the last bit to get yeah. undressed yeah I guess never at any sense. point should you have We're just all a t-shirt dream about on this yeah a shirt and a jumper on yeah. Imagine, or your shirt and tie and jacket, and then but just and completely naked from the yeah. waist down. Do you yeah. not have reoccurring dreams? I I have a lot of reoccurring dreams. No, actually, I don't have reoccurring Do dreams. Is, so I have a cottage in Canada. I've talked about it before on this show. And your my Canadian sister estate. has the same. Yeah, my estate. My sister has the same dream where a highway is built in front of the house, and then. Instead of like this green space that we value so much, there's cars coming and going. The two of us have that all the time. Both wow. of you. Yeah. So that must be something from your upbringing. There I must don't be know. some common experience. It's like a twin thing. I don't know. But yeah. like, or, like we're so precious about the space, we never want it to become developed or I don't know. Yeah, you're definitely, it's your worst fear, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, that, a highway in front of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Lord. Anyway. Yeah, I used, to ha- I used to fly a lot in my dreams. I think that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like properly when you were fly. younger. No, now I would fly. Wow. I'd like I. There's dreams now. I have. You're just hitting the ground That's in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's lots of dreams where I'm just literally just taking off, and people I know are like, how do you do that? I just take off. Can you not do it? You know that kind of yeah. matter of factly taking off. And tell me, like, what what's it like for the people on the ground when you're with them and you take off and you're fully dressed from the waist up, but you're stark bollock naked from the waist down? It's 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 like there's lots there's lot they've lots of scope. Oh, that's on. that's a sight. Yeah. That's a sight. They're just hoping that yeah. I don't need the toilet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> not, not something I expected to see today. Yeah, we've keep going, Keith. Conversations going off in the directions today. It's all just keep flapping. <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> stop! Oh, on that very base note, Keith Walsh, Alison Curtis. <laughs> we will talk to you again at the same time uh, next week. Um, off the ball are up next, and I will be back on Monday. Have a very flappy weekend, everybody. <laughs> the hard shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from four. On News Talk.